Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Hallelujah. Romans 11 and 33. While you remain standing, Romans 11 33. We'll leap right into the Word of the Lord, conscience of your time. And oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments. And his ways past finding out. His ways are past finding out. I want to continue in a vein that I started a few weeks ago going from a little different slant. But it's First Family Wednesday. First Family Wednesday. And all of these are special times and special moments in our church when we are gathered where I speak to families and speak to the family unit and how the messages, if you'll go back January, February, March, and now April, they have all been targeted toward the family unit. And I believe if we can get this spiritual principle, um, it will be a reminder to some, which we learn by reputation, uh, but it will be strength and encouragement and fresh motivation as you move forward through the rest of this year. Simply titled, His Way or My Way. His Way. Somebody say that with me. His Way or My Way. Lord, we thank you for the word. Anoint it. Bless our ears to hear. Faith to respond as the preaching and teaching of the word go forth. If you would, just clap your hands one more time unto the Lord, and you may be seated if you won't sit down on what God is going to say and do tonight. I will also say it was such an honor to have many of your family members here Sunday. Many of your guests and family members were here in the house of the Lord on Sunday for Easter, and I thank you for your invitations and for those coming, and I believe we'll see many in the very near future. Living a Christian life in this uncertain world that we live in, if we're not careful, makes us sometimes feel like a square peg in a round hole. And while that may be embarrassing to the flesh at times, it is empowering to the Spirit. His ways are not our ways. Paul said his ways are past finding out. Just when you think you have figured God out, that's when he shows you really uh, how little you do know about the sovereignty of God. It's in the kingdom of God that there are many contradictory lifestyle choices. And what I mean is, and this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, maybe when I start out, freedom produces slavery. And servanthood produces freedom. And It'll make sense in just a few moments of time. In the kingdom of God, strength is really weakness. 
And weakness is really strength. I'm talking about his way, not our way. Someone once said, if a donkey can preach a sermon, and if ravens can deliver dinner, if fish can provide tax money, and if stones can worship, then clearly the Lord doesn't need our abilities or resources to do his work. He goes on to say, uh, we should use talents and resources faithfully to honor the Lord without getting puffed up. I, I, I like what this author said. The lack of talent and resources is not an excuse to not participate. The Lord doesn't actually need what we possess. Talents and resources become a test for us. You, you might, well, that, that's worth scribbling down, right? Right there, that one little line you're going to hear several times tonight. Talents and resources are a test for us, not God. Somebody ought to say amen about right there. When learning to yield to the will of God and not your will, it comes with a clear understanding of this principle. To keep is to lose. And to give is to have. Think about how contradictory that sounds. Think, that, that's our way of thinking. But in his way, Brother Dodd, that's the way he operates. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So in God's economy and the way God looks at life, and, and, and to keep is lose. To keep is to lose. But to give is to have. You might remember the fable about the dog that was carrying a bone and saw his own reflection in the water. He thought it was another dog with a bone and attacked the reflection to get the other dog's bone. In doing so, he dropped his bone in the water and lost both bones. The greedy dog ended up with nothing. Our earthly thinking is much like the thinking of this dog. Get all you can and can all you get. However, this will result in the ultimate loss of what you accumulate. On the other hand, divine logic says share with others. Invest in others. Be a good steward and you will be enriched. After all, talents and resources become a test for us. Now, the word talent, when I say the word talent in the King James Version, and I'm going to say a word, and don't everybody get quiet on me all at one time, but when you look at the parable I'm going to share with you, the word talent in the King James means money. Everybody say money. I'm going to try to help our families tonight. Matthew 25, 14 through 18, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them. We read this many times and overlook it. Somebody say that. His goods. Somebody say that with me. His goods. First of all, the goods that got delivered were not the servants. Brother Chris, it didn't belong to the servant. They were the master's goods 
but they were entrusted to the servant. If you don't get anything else I say tonight, that'd be a good little nugget to hold on to right there. What was given to the servant was the master's. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another, everybody say one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. It, it's almost like he come in, and I had some money when I put it in a tithing envelope, and he just come to the, okay, here, boom, 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 here you go. And he left. He just left. No explanation not very many instructions. The goods were divided. This is going. This is, may come as a revelation to some. The goods were divided, but not equally. But according to what each could handle. God will only release unto you based on what you can handle. Could that be the reason some of us are struggling and barely making in meat? It's something to think about. Not being hard, but being truthful. Remember, I'm here to help us tonight. Verse 16 said, Then he had received the five talents, went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one, somebody say one, went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now, the guy with the five gave it away. The guy with the two gave it away. But the guy with the one hid his or kept his or saved his. Remember what I said earlier, to keep is to lose and to give is to have. Now, let me remind you of what happened. Matthew 25, 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with him. And so he that had received five talents came and brought, everybody say other, other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five. Behold, I have gained beside them five more talents. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You gave it away, and because you gave it away, I've given you that back plus more. I'm trying to help us tonight. He that also had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me too. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he, said, then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee. I knew thee that thou hast. You were a hard man. Reaping. Where thou hast not sown and gathered where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered in him saying, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not. And gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put 
my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I could have received mine own with usury, or at least I could have made interest on what I gave you. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him that hath ten talents. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So when I look at this story, it's a powerful illustration showing us how giving is keeping. And how keeping is losing. SEC families, I want to make sure that we are investing and giving to the kingdom of God. It's not even mine to begin with. It's not even yours to begin with. I'm just a servant and I've been entrusted with the master's goods. I don't care what job you have. I don't care how, how blessed you are. At the end of the day, it still belongs to him. He is our provider. If you believe that, say amen. I learned a whole, I learned this a long time ago. Favor ain't fair. I said favor ain't fair. God has a way of looking at what you do do and what you what you contribute, uh, not the amount, but how you contribute, what you do. And, and, and God says, I take good notes and I take good records. Uh, and you know what? I can trust them. I can flow through them and I can put resources in their hands because I know they're not going to keep it. Therefore, I pay my tithes. 10% of all increase. I'm going to say that again, 10% of all increase. That's before taxes, before retirement, before SS. Come on. Before this and that. Then I give my offerings. And then I give missions. And then I give building fund because I want to make sure we need returns that I will not be found keeping instead of giving. I told you I was going to try to help your families tonight. The rich young ruler had no problem keeping. He told the Lord, all these commandments I've kept. Well, when I read this today, Brother Edwin, I ain't never seen it like this in my... From all... From, I've kept all of the commandments. I've kept them from my youth. And the Lord said, you don't have a keeping problem. You've got a giving problem. Too many times we get, we, we, we got a good, we, we, we're get, we get good at keeping. But God's saying, I, I, I want to talk about your giving problem. So now give all you have to the poor, and the man failed the test miserably. Hallelujah. The correct order of giving in the church is this, tithes. That's mandated. That's a commandment. Then offerings, and you can go look at the giving. You, you have the opportunity to be a blessing to many other things, many projects, however the Lord leads you. I know some of you are saying, do I really have to do this? 
Pastor, when I think logically, if I have more, I will have more if I keep more. It appears to make sense that if we keep, then we would have more. But if we give it away, God said, then and only then will we experience more. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, 24 through 26, uh, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. Let me, let me read this to you. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. But blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. Let me read it to you from another version. It is possible to give away and become richer. It is also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich. By watering others, he waters himself. People curse the man who holds his grain for higher prices. But they bless the man who sells it to them in their time of need. It is possible to give away and become richer. It's possible to give away and become blessed. I, 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 I sat in my office this afternoon and I, I began to go down memory lane. I've watched in the, the last almost 12 years, God not only blessed this church, but blessed people in this church because of our ability and willingness to give. I have truly seen it over the last three years of being in our new building. It blows my mind when I think of the goodness of God because of your obedience and others that don't even come to this church. I, I said that don't even come to this church so into what God is doing and this church is better off today than it's ever been. We ought to give God praise right now for His faithfulness. You know why God's blessed this church? You want to know why God has blessed you as people? When you give to missions, you can't outgive God. I said, when you give to people that can't do one thing for you, you open up the storehouse that God operates. I said, you open the storehouse uh, that's under the lock and key of the Lord God Almighty. I'm here to tell you to keep is to lose. Hallelujah. To keep is to lose. Uh, so I'm asking you again, his way or my way? I said, his way or my way? It's our human nature to want to acquire all that we can. And this is not always bad as long as there's a balance. Now, this will go against the grain, I know, but hear me out. God has created each of us with certain desires that correspond to certain motivations. Each of us has a built-in desire for pleasure. Everybody say pleasure. Possessions and power. Now, this sounds unbiblical because we come to think of these things as temptations. Satan can tempt us in these areas. The desire for pleasure can degenerate into a, to, to, to a worldly lifestyle. A desire for possessions can quickly turn into materialism. And the desire for power can turn you into an egotistical individual. 
Well, I just said a mouthful. I understand. We would quickly label the desire for pleasure as the lust of the flesh. The desire for possessions as the lust of the eye. And the desire for power as the pride of life. And rightfully so. But here's what I want you to think about. The draw to pleasure, the draw to possession, the draw to power cannot be rooted in our sin nature. There is a difference. Because Satan appealed to these desires in Adam and Eve before they were sinful. Christ had no sin nature and Satan knew He knew this, yet he sought to tempt him on the same three levels. Pleasure, possession, and power. We want these things not because we're sinful, but because we're human. As a matter of fact, if you will study eternity, you will see that God uses these three things to compel us to live for him. He offers us the reward of power in his eternal kingdom. We're going to rule and reign with him. Possessions is his eternal kingdom and pleasures is in his eternal kingdom. Hallelujah. So all of this down here, say down here, is just a test. The power you, you, you acquire here is just a test of what you, how you're going to handle power there. Possessions here is a test of possessions there. Pleasure here is a test for pleasures there. When the master gave each servant a portion of his goods, it was just a test to see if they would keep it or if they would give it. A professor one time in college was teaching a course on the great books of the world. And he asked a student which book she would choose if she could only have one. Quickly she answered, a checkbook. All the books in the world, she wanted a checkbook. Someone else once said, the most sensitive nerve in the body is the one that leads to the wallet. And I think that it's funny that all of the designers have so designed that where we put our wallet is the same place we sit on. It makes it harder for us to give it away. Man will do almost anything to get money. A man was out for a walk one day when he noticed that his path was blocked by a wall. He remarked to his friend, the wall is too high for me to climb. His his friend grabbed his wallet from his pocket, tossed it over the wall, and in a flash, the man scrambled up and over the wall and recaptured the wallet. Isn't that just like life? Our fallen nature is the one that leans toward grabbing and grasping and having and hoarding. And this attitude produces greed, that produces selfishness, that produces sin. The last thing we need in this last hour apostolic church is a greedy, gluttonous, stingy, penny-pinching, what's-in-it-for-me attitude church. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. If we're going to build the kind of church in the ministry that God wants to build here in every one of our families, then we're going to have to be willing to give above and beyond the call of duty. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about talent. I'm talking about energy. Giving of yourselves as well as your resource. 
God's got talents locked up inside of you. God's got abilities locked up inside of you. But what are we doing with them? Are we just sitting on the wayside or the by the wayside just wishing our life away? Are we putting it into the kingdom? This is how the church has always been built and this is how it will be built in the future. This is how a church grows and this is how a church goes. This is how the church is going to grow. Let me say it like this. Prosperity is an instrument to be used, not a deity to be worshipped. Money is the medium of exchange. Money represents purchasing power. Money is a means to acquire. Money gives you the wherewithal to do what you need to do. Somebody ought to say amen about right now. Now the subject of prosperity has been neglected in some churches and has been abused in other churches. The Bible does not teach that money is evil. Let me just make that plain. The Bible does not teach that money is evil. And that money is wrong. And that money is of the devil. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the opposite in Ecclesiastes 10 and 19. Money answereth all things. That's what, that's what the wisest man wrote and penned. We know that money won't buy happiness. Money won't buy health. Money can't buy joy. But money will get you physical things of this world. Money is not evil. Man makes money evil. That is why Jesus said what he did in Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold, hold, hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I'm going to say this, and I want, it to, I want it to land in your spirit, and for the rest of your life, you'll always remember this. You can have both God and money, but you can't serve both. Did everybody just hear what I just said right there? You can have both. God and money, but you can't serve both. There is a difference. And if you ever tap into the revelation of the difference, you're going to become one of the most liberated individuals in your thought process, and the blessings of God will move through you like a conduit. To keep is to lose. Judas grasped at 30 pieces of silver, but soon cast them at the feet of the chief priests and elders, then went out and hung himself. To keep is to lose. Acts chapter 5, we read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. They sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. In verse 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in your, it's premeditated, it's in your heart. Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. See, we think we walk into a church service and we fool everybody else. But if we fool everybody around us, don't ever forget that God knows who we are. God knows everything. When, 
Ananias heard the words from the man of God, fell down and gave up the ghost. She didn't get a, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me repent. No, God just struck her dead. Great fear came on all of them that heard these things. And the young men rose, wound him up, carried him out, and buried him. There wasn't no funeral. There wasn't no wake. There wasn't straight to the cemetery. They were burying the lady. It was about the same space of about three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. Ananias was buried first. Sapphire comes in. And Peter said to her, tell me whether... You sold the land for this much. Oh, pastor. Oh, we sold that piece of property. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we sold it for that much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door. The feet of the men that were at the door and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. We can't afford to become stingy and greedy and lie to the Holy Ghost. We must be willing to kill. Remember, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You can't get caught up with just receiving. You must fall in love with giving as well. If you'll fall in with giving, you won't ever have a problem with receiving. Because God can trust you. You see, those who hold on to their money on earth make no deposit on treasure in heaven. This is why Jesus said what he did. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures, treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. To keep is to lose, but to give is to have. God has a way of rewarding us when we share with others. In the book entitled Poor Little Rich Boy, it is the story of Robert McCormick, which was a multimillionaire. But in that book has a chapter entitled To Preserve a Treasure, Give It Away. To Preserve a Treasure, Give It Away. One gravestone said, What I spent, I had. What I saved, I lost. What I gave, I have. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I'm going to say that again. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. God never intended for his people to be stingy. He never intended for us to turn a deaf ear or a blind eye to a hurting world. Deuteronomy 15, 7 and 11. If there be among you a poor man of whom, of one of thy brethren within any of the gates in the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thy heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother. But thou shalt open up thy hand wide unto him. Thou shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he wanteth. Beware that there be not 
a thought in thy wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and thine eye be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him naught. And he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be sin unto thee. Thou shalt surely give him, and thy heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works, and in all thou puttest thine hand unto. In other words, you give to this man, even if it's in the seventh year, even when it could be done away with, if the man is in need, you give to him, but don't, don't do it with a grudge in your heart. Don't hold back an attitude and say, I, I don't know about that. You, you do it and let me tell you. God said, I will bless thee in all thy works and in all that thou puttest thy hand to. For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open up thy hand wide unto thy brother, to thy poor, and to thy needy in thy land. In other words, God is telling his people to give to those who need it. But 24, 19 through 22. When thou cuttest down thine harvest in thy field. And hast forgot a sheaf in the field. Thou shalt not go to it again and fetch it. It shall be for the stranger. For the fatherless. For the widow. That the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thy hands. When thou beatest thine olive tree. Thou shalt not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger. For the fatherless. For the widow. When thou gatherest the grapes of the vineyard, thou shalt not glean it after. In other words, what he's saying, after you've done come through for the harvest, you don't come clean the leftovers up. You leave them behind because there's going to be a stranger. There's going to be the fatherless. There's going to be the widows that's going to come behind and they're going to get what's been left, the leftovers. And thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command thee to do this thing. In other words, you help others because at one time you yourself was needing help. And someone helped you. So the fact that we are willing to give those things who are less, give to those who are less fortunate will keep us humble. Because had it not been for the blessing of God, we would just be like all the other poor people. So the truth of the matter is, God doesn't bless you so you can be blessed. He blesses you so you can return, bless somebody else. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy first fruits and all thine increase. So thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Another verse says it like this. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. He will fill your barns with wheat and barley, and overflow your wine vats with the finest wines. I love this. You honor him, he honors you. You honor him. He honors you because to keep is to lose. He, but to give is to have. His way. Luke chapter 6. He's not talking about money in this verse, but this principle is still applicable. Give and it shall be given. Good measure, 
pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Let me say it like this. If you are always complaining about never being on the receiving end of God's blessings, let me ask you this. When was the last time you gave? Because you can't get if you don't give. I was in my office and I, I, I was typing these words. I, I, I mean, I was in a flow. And the Lord quickened unto me and he said, tell every family in this room. And I'm going to read it just like I typed it. Jealousy is so cruel. We can get distracted when we see others getting blessed. Cars, homes, promotions, marriages, vacations, happiness, etc. Be careful getting envious or jealous. You're walking in on this chapter of their life, but you didn't see the hell they went through and the seasons of sowing they had to go through. But now God is rewarding and blessing. Be careful judging somebody's chapter you walked in on. You don't know what they've been through for the last 20 years. You don't know what it's been like for the last 10. You don't know what it's been like for the last year. Be careful, because if we're not careful, we'll get judgmental and we'll get jealous when we see God blessing somebody else, and, and we'll get we'll get a little disgruntled and we'll start we'll start blaming him. And we'll, well, I, my God, he ain't done that for me yet. But if you'll keep giving, you're going to be on the receiving end. I said, if you keep sowing, you're going to eventually reap. You know, I, I know of people, and you probably know of people, don't point any fingers. There are people who give simply because they're trying to get. They treat God like some kind of stock market. Put in this much money, and then we want this much money to come out. God isn't an ATM machine. God is not a spiritual ATM machine. It doesn't work like that. We have to give with the right heart and the right motive. If you give, and you will continue to have. If you keep, you will lose what you already have. And according to the word of God, then you will find yourself thrown into hell. This is going to sound so cruel, but I, I got to say it. Stingy people can't go to heaven. Because if we get there, I say if. We're going to get there because God gave us grace that we didn't deserve. God extended us mercy that we, we really didn't deserve. So be careful. And I know I've been talking about finances and money. Be careful withholding mercy to someone else that you think may not be worthy of it. Judgment to someone you think should receive. Just remember, just remember, we're going to be all saved by a merciful God, not a stingy God. He's not stingy in mercy. He's not stingy in grace. We can't be guilty of that either. Give and you will keep having so that you can give. I'm going to close with this. I know some of you are saying, thank you, Jesus. Let me get out of this church as quick as possible. And that's all right. I'll sleep good tonight. Because I delivered what the Holy Ghost said to tell these us as families. God's ready, to God's ready to flow through you. 
but are you ready to let him flow through you? Will a man rob God? Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have you robbed me? In tithes and in offerings. You, have cur- you are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord. Now, what I think is awesome about tithes is the fact that God doesn't expect more out of one group or one family or one person as He does anybody else. He wants us all to pay this. He, let, me, let me say it like this. He wants us all to pay their tithes. 10% of your increase. 10% first fruits, 10% of your income, whatever how you want to word that. I told you I was preaching to your families tonight. Parents, your children should never have to ask or wonder, is mama and daddy paying tithes? Students, your parents should never have to ask you, are you paying tithes? I knew it was going to get quiet. That's okay. Here... Here at the SEC, we make it so easy for someone to contribute to the kingdom of God and to engage in the principle of His Word. I'm making it very plain. You can return on Sundays and Wednesdays. There are baskets here. You will have an opportunity to return. We also have an online option that many of you utilize, and you return. It's called through Tithely, T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y. Super easy to use. And I sat today and I, I said, Lord, I want to help somebody understand the concept and the principle. Because sometimes we think, well, I've got to wait till I make this amount of money before I start paying tithes. So let me help. How many of you young people have jobs or you're self-employed, you're getting a business? Raise your hand. I'm not even looking. It doesn't matter if you make $10 a week or 10000 a week. A tithe is a tithe. If you make $100 a week, that's $10 tithes for that week. If you received a $1,200 stimulus check, that's a $120 tithe. If you received it, you want to know my notes, they're right here. I typed them out this afternoon. If you received a $5,600 stimulus check, that's a couple with two kids. That's $560 tie. Well, Pastor, I didn't work for that money. It was increase. It was increase in your bank account, wasn't it? You pay tithes on increase. Tithe on increase. On everybody say increase. I know I'm making it, I know I'm making it plain. I'm, I'm, I'm scared that the modern day church 
we're missing the blessing. And we're, we're trying to become tippers instead of tithers. Are you a tipper or a tither? Because if you're a tither, it's 10% of increase. Somebody say his way. This ain't pastor's way. This ain't money going into pastor's pot. It's going into the kingdom of God. It's going to meet the needs of the kingdom. There have been people who have bought into the lie that they can't afford tithes. I'm going to say it again. If you keep it, you lose it. But if you give it, you'll have more. I can't afford not to pay tithes. You really have that attitude? Absolutely, I have that attitude. God's been too good to me. I've been on the other side. I said, I've been on the other side and, and tried to rob God. And I, I've paid the consequences I, early, early in my life. I, does it, I watch my daddy every Sunday write a tithe check out. And I said, oh Lord, I, I didn't make but $125 this week. And I got to write $12.50 tithe. Oh, I won't pay it. I won't do it this month. And all of a sudden, man, I ain't got as many hours as I did last week. Man, I... Man, my transmission run out, or, 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 or this went out, or a flat tire. I'm just making an example. And let me say, every time something happens to you, it's not related to money. Sometimes life happens. Sometimes life happens. But God's been too good to me to become selfish or stingy with what his money, it's his anyway. Brother Dottie, it's his. It's his to begin with. What we do with our resources in this life is nothing more. Hear me. I'm being very serious. I know I was a little lighthearted right there. But if you hear me in the Holy Ghost, I'm trying to help some of your families. What we do with our resources in this life is nothing more than our autobiography. The book you have written with the pen of faith and the ink of works will go into eternity unedited. To be seen and read by, the, by God Himself. At death, we put the signature to our life's portrait. The paint dries, the portrait's done. There's no edits, there, there, there's no. That's why this life is an opportunity to get it right. Scripture does not teach what most of us seem to assume that heaven will transform each of us into equal beings with equal possession and equal responsibilities. It doesn't say that our previous lives will be of no eternal significance. As a matter of fact, it says the opposite. Our eternity is going to be shaped by our present circumstances. The more you give, the more you get. The more you laugh, the more the, the less you fret. The more you do unselfishly, the more you live abundantly. The more you'll always have to spare. The more you love, the more you'll find that life is good and friends are kind. For only what we give away enriches us from day to day. I got one and six. You may stand. I got one in six. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. 
ye clothe you. But there is none warm, and he that earneth wages earn wages to put into a bag with holes. John Calvin once said, where riches hold the dominion of the heart, God has lost his authority. I'll close with, with this illustration. Bishop Wayne Huntley preached years ago. He preached about the widow woman who was preparing her last meal for her son and herself. And when the prophet showed up and asked her, prepare something for me. Now, some of us would look at that as cruel. Prophet of the Lord asking this little widow woman that's fixing to eat and die, and he's going to step across the line and say, fix me a meal. You're going to fix me one first. She was obedient. She gave all she had, and she lived, and God gave her more. Brother Jeff Tilman, Brother Huntley made this statement. You can dine and die, or you can give and live. That little lady could have looked at that prophet and said, I ain't giving you nothing. I, me and my boyfriend to eat, and we're going to die. It's it. But because she gave everything, he not only ate, she ate and lived on past the moment. Lived in the overflow of the blessing of obedience. I wonder how many in this room are getting ready to live in the blessing of obedience. I'm going to give and live. I'm going to give and my family's going to be blessed. I'm going to give and my children are going to reap the reward. I put this in my spirit this afternoon and I, I, I don't want to live my life just for me. I don't want to live my life just for my wife and miss the opportunity to leave a legacy to those who follow behind. What am I leaving for my children? What am I leaving for my future grandchildren? What am I leaving for your children? What are we leaving for the children that are coming up behind us? Are we, are we going to leave a legacy? Or are we going to go to the graveyard and it, it's... It's full. It's full of people that didn't have a U-Haul behind them. It's full of people that had possessions, but they never shared them. They never invested into the kingdom. They kept it all and lost it all. But if we keep, we lose. But if we give, we have. His way or my his way or my way. It's up to you. It's up to, it's up to me. You have to settle the trust factor. Ed, when there, there comes a time, you just got to settle the trust factor. Do you trust God or you don't? Brother Chris, do you trust God or don't you? You're blessed. Why? You trust God. Brother Spark, you're blessed. You trust God. Brother Dakota, you're blessed. You trust God. Job's running a little low. Pastor, I, don't, I ain't got no other jobs. You've been faithful. Get ready. It's coming. My God, Pastor, I got more work than I can handle right now. I got more jobs than I can get to right now. 
It's just something about that meal there, brother. When it looks like you're about to see the bottom of it, pour one. I feel like telling somebody, pour one more time. Just keep pouring. Just keep pouring out of that meal barrel. Keep pouring. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. When we engage in the trust factor, when we engage in the principle of giving, something is loosed. Something is set free. Something is changed. You know what? begins to start opening doors and God begins to start opening just like my God well, you're going to go back to this night this will be on podcast in a few days you need to re-listen to this message you need to put it in and you need to say God help me catch it I can teach it but you got to catch it if you'll catch it if you'll catch it your families are going to be blessed if you'll catch it you're going to walk you're going to walk in a new realm of dominion will it say everything will be wrote? no it's not all going to be rosy. But I'd rather go to God in my time of need knowing I've been faithful, God. I've been obedient to the Word. I've sacrificed. We sinned. We did. We've been blessed. Don't ever forget. If we keep, we lose. I have to remind myself this often. We are truly a nonprofit organization. My wife reminds me of that. My Lord, you you bless so many people. You do. I said, baby, as long as we're blessing people, as long as we're giving, as long as God's gonna keep it flowing. This missionary. Yeah, we'll take you home. Yeah, we'll we'll give. Yeah, we'll send Bibles. Yeah, we'll send Sunday school material. Yeah, we'll do whatever we can. God said. I can trust the SEC. I can trust these people. Or we can sit back and, oh, look at what we have. Look at what we possess. Look at what's here. You can't outgive the Lord. Lift your hands all over this place. Lord. Mm. Mm. Let the principles of your word settle in. Let the principles of the holy word of God settle in. We're entering into the second quarter. Just a few days ago, we entered into the second quarter. And I said, God, I'm asking you if you'll help us. We're going to be a blessing to ministries. We're going to be a blessing to missionaries. We're going to, we're going to find ways to be blessed, blessings to other people. And you know what? I believe that's going to happen. There are going to be ministries. There's going to be souls. There's going to be projects. There's going to be things that God's going to provide here because we blessed out there. Mm. Before you leave, I don't want to close this, sir. There, there's such a there's a spirit of the living God in this place that is moving in every heart, every life. 
Maybe the Lord's going to speak to you. You see, I'm still hanging on. I can't close this service. I'm sorry. You still, I'm, I'm still hanging on a word. This building will be paid off. See, I'm holding on to that word. But until then, keep giving. Keep sowing. Keep believing. Keep sending it out on the water. It's going to happen. It's going to blow some of your minds how God and what God gets ready to do. But when he does, you're going to remember April the 7th, 2021, when pastor said, I'm holding on to a word. I said, I'm holding on to a word. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. Lord, seal the word. Don't let any spirit, don't let any vulture spirits come in. Try to pick the word out of the heart that's been freshly planted. Let it fall on good ground and let us engage in the, in the presence and the principle of the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen.